0: so I just want to invite your, your hearts. I want to invite our minds to unite in prayer at this point. Um, as I've said before, I want us to do make a commitment to consecrate this time unto the Lord. Consecration means that there's a holy time that you set unto God. The Lord honors consecration. The Lord honors us every time we give specific time to him and to him alone. Okay. There's many other things that we could be doing, but we've decided to join and, As you unite along with myself in prayer, remember that the word of God is living and it is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so God has the ability, and he also wills. It's not that he just has the ability. He has the will to speak to each and every one of our situations despite the message despite the topic that is spoken about today, we are able to hear the Lord beyond um, beyond what we uh, would expect or beyond what we could imagine because he wants to get a message to us. But let, let me just share the problem. The problem is, are you going to, Listen, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him listen. So the Lord is speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking, but are we listening? And what will prevent us from listening is a distracted mind. What will prevent us from listening is a distracted heart. And there's other things, too, that can prevent us from listening. But I want to preface by saying that because as we come, do channel your focus. I encourage you to channel your heart and lean and incline unto the Lord and join as well. If you are not hungry or if you are not desirous to hear anything from God, then you've already determined the outcome because of of the attitude of your heart. Because where your heart is at. So let us, let us pray. Father, <clears throat> we, we come before you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, I just ask by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would join with us. Father, I pray, God, that you would bring down every demonic entity. I pray that you would bring low every foul spirit, Lord God, that would try to rise against the knowledge of God. Father, I come against every lying spirit, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would dispense truth. I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin to clarify, would begin to illumine, would begin to bring light. I pray that he would dispel darkness. I pray that Christ would be glorified. I pray that Jesus would be glorified. I pray that you would be lifted higher. Lord, I ask of you, Lord, that you would give me a heart and you would give me a disposition, Father, that would begin to lift your name high and that would begin to magnify you, Lord, and not magnify problems, not magnify the world, not magnify sin, but magnify the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And, and, and the only immortal wise God, as the scripture says, Holy Spirit, would you begin to speak to your people? Father, irrespective of what it is that we've gone through, oh God, I pray, Lord, for your power to break every bondage, to break every chain, to break every yoke. Father, may the anointing come. May the anointing rest upon all of us. Like, Lord, we, we, like Sister Andrea played, Lord God, earlier, anointing fall on us. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on us. Oh, Father, I pray, Lord, not a single soul would be able to leave this meeting and, and not be able to say that, that you have spoken. God, I pray that you would give clarity. I pray that you would give direction. And Father, I pray that you would give me a heart, Lord, that would preach as a dying man to dying men, as if I could never preach again. Father, may I, Lord, tremble at your word. Father, may I, Lord, have a sense of eternity in my mind. May I have eternity in my conscience. Oh God, I ask of you, Lord. Holy Spirit, may a sense of sobriety and all and majesty, Lord, enter into this online meeting. God that I that a sense of the of the power of the reality of the world to come would begin to meet and enter in into our temporal situation. Lord, that eternity, Lord, would God would begin to become conscious in our minds and we would be conscious of eternity, conscious, O oh Lord, of, of your power and sense the Holy Spirit. God, I ask of you, Lord, empower me, infuse me, O oh Lord, with strength. God, speak, I ask of you. Holy Spirit, speak. We revere your presence. Father, I pray that none of us here, Lord God, would be indifferent, or have a a complacent or comfortable attitude help us in this in this critical hour lord in in history as lord we determine to wage war against darkness holy spirit thank you and lord i pray continue to meet throughout the entire meeting do not leave oh holy spirit we pray Father, do not leave. God, rest upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Again, I want to ask that we turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse one, and I'm not entirely sure what it is that we had come to hear, or what, what we would what we had expected to listen to. But I, I as I had already prayed, my prayer is that <clears throat> it would be nothing less than what what God would have to say. I'm not sure if you're in need of encouragement, <clears throat> which is very much biblical. I'm not going to um, fail to recognize that encouragement is certainly a, uh, has a place in the body of Christ. But if there's anything lacking today, it's not, it's not encouragement that is lacking. We have many today that would encourage, and as I've said, it's valid, it's needed. But if there's any lack today, the lack lies in this one thing. That people are not typically speaking proclaiming sobering messages. We're, we're a generation that wants ears tickled. And I pray that uh, that we do not have itching ears that just want to be scratched, but rather to endure sound doctrine, rather to endure the truth. <clears throat> And so open up your hearts, I, I, I ask you you, and I plead. and let us read the word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud, a great, uh, a great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're going to be reading some more, but I just want to read this particular passage to serve as a, as a base for the rest of the message. And so let me give you a little bit of context. What's going on is, is that, the, the, the author, who is unknown, and people speculate about who the author is, but some say Paul, but I, I'm not entirely sure that it was him. But nonetheless, this author is writing to a group of Christians, and these group of Christians are experiencing some problems. They're problems that we probably don't face today that, in, in, the, in this sense. That they were tempted to go back to Judaism. They were tempted to go back to the old ways of living. We, we I mean, speaking for myself, I am no Jew. I have no families, uh, no family members that are Jew. And if even if they were, I'm not so sure that they were Jewish in religion. <clears throat> but you have these group of people that are tempted to go back into Judaism. They're well familiar with the law. They're well familiar with the prophets. They're well familiar with the doctrine. Isn't that how it is today? And in, in many Christians in, in all of the world, and especially here in the West, we, we have a sense of religion. We have a sense of what the Bible says. We may have even grown up listening and, and believing what the Bible says. But somehow along the way, our knowledge of the scriptures do not prove to be enough to keep us going in the faith. And at some time in our walk, something trips us up and we're tempted to go back. But this is what the riot, this is what the Jewish people were experiencing. and why were they tempted to go back? Because suffering had set in. It wasn't necessarily the pleasures. Of, of the world. And we will see in Mark chapter four, that there are different responses to the seed being sown. Right? There are those who believe for a little while with joy, but then when suffering and persecution comes in, they fall away. There are others that get choked out by the word and, and then there are those who do not even uh, uh, have any fruit that come as a result because the devil snatches it away. The devil takes away the seed that was sown. And this represents, as Jesus says in Mark four, that they did not understand what was proclaimed. So they didn't even have understanding, not just an intellectual understanding, but it never entered into their heart. They were never able to see Christ as precious. They never had spiritual understanding that opened up their hearts to the scriptures. And the Jewish people here, the author is afraid for because they had their goods stolen, yet they didn't, they didn't shed their blood. The, the reason why we know this is the writer says, you have not yet resisted sin to the point of shedding your blood. But they were going through persecution nonetheless. And, you know, they were probably scratching their heads and saying, you know, this this Messiah that we as Jews had believed before who would reign as a militant king, because is these were the dividing opinions in the day. Some thought that he was just going to be a spiritual leader. Others thought he was just going to be a militant leader. And others still thought that somehow the two would converge together. And that's what we believe, that Jesus will come back as a militant king and annihilate his enemies. But nonetheless, he is also a spiritual leader. But there were a sect There were a group of Jewish people before that thought that he was just going to come as a militant king. And it was very convenient for them to believe it because the Romans in their day had taken their land, had oppressed the people, had taxed them. And you see the sort of hostility that the Jewish people had towards the Romans, towards what they had considered pagans. Why? Because Jesus even challenged the Jews. He says, if you're... Uh, If a soldier tells you to carry his gear a mile, carry it too. See, we take that as, oh, if a random police officer tells you to assist him, it's like that ain't that big of a deal. We're willing to help someone out here and there. But no, he was telling them with your enemy, the very people that have come and stolen your land, the very land that the scriptures have promised that God would give you as an inheritance, and they are taxing you, and they're extorting you, they're mistreating you. Those enemies take two miles. And, And so... What's happening is the, the, the Jews, they're thinking, you know, I'm not so sure if Jesus is the Messiah after all. You know, because, you know, the scripture says that he would, he would reign as a king. But where is this kingdom at? We're being mistreated. We're being stepped on. You know, I'm not so sure that Jesus was actually the Messiah. And now they're, they're doubting. And this is the purpose of the devil. Every time he comes, the starting point of his lie in your mind will eventually lead you away from Jesus. Whether if he, he gets you to doubt the scriptures and what they claim regarding Jesus being the king or being the Messiah or being the chosen one, the anointed one that was to restore Israel, Or through some other way. You may not deny Jesus being Lord, but somehow pleasures have entered into our lives in such a way to where we no longer live in the reality and in the light of Jesus being Lord. And we're really showing Him what we think about His Lordship. And it's this we at the end of of the day think we're Lord. We at the end of the day think. Our decision, our will is Lord. You know, there's a lot of creeping in. A lot of, are you going to believe Dr. Fauci's gospel? Get the vaccination. Get it. We'll give you privileges. We'll treat you like uh. First-class citizens in society. Oh, don't you want that? And just a little cute pat on the head, too. You get to fly everywhere. You, you can go without hassle. You don't have to give us any negative tests anymore. And then meanwhile, what we're doing is we're accepting a demonic vaccination. And I don't say that as a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm no conspiracy theorist. But I say that as one that understands very well that they had murdered babies and had comprised that vaccination of these poor innocent children. Nothing is new under the sun. You got these demonic people sacrificing to Molech thousands of years ago, and today it hasn't stopped. Why am why am I lifting up my voice because I hate what I see in the four wall, outside these four walls I hate what I see. And like Lena Ravenhill said that the, the world sleeps in darkness while the church sleeps in the light. We're slumbering. We're nauseous, we're we're disoriented. And we're losing our sense of reality and relevance in the world. As a grim quote, you know, as, a, as this weighty quote, I believe that the, that the world has lost its way and the church has lost its voice. It's lost it. Have you lost your voice today? Have you lost your saltiness have you lost your sense of light? Are you slumbering along with the Dr. Fauci's and and everybody else? Man, this is this is this is the gospel. This is eternity we're talking about. It's forever. And the decisions that we make on this side of eternity has eternal consequences. May our hearts be open. May our eyes begin to see. And may our ears begin to hear once again. May we begin to hear the voice of the Son of God. Some of us have have, uh, 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 taken amnesia. or or whatever that medicine is called, where you begin to lose consciousness and you don't even find yourself falling asleep. We've been disorientated by the pleasures of this world. We no longer live as sojourners. Jesus promised that we would reign, but that's when he returns. Right now is not our time to reign as kings and priests unto the Lord. <clears throat> but what was going on is that they were, they were tempted to think, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure that Jesus is, is that Messiah. Maybe we should go out and look for another. See, that's how you know when times are getting hard. John the Baptist said, are you, are you really the Messiah? I mean, he was filled with the Holy Ghost at the womb. And then he tells his servants to go and, he, and go ask Jesus. And this is his relative. He's seen the miracles. This is why miracles are not enough. Intimacy with God is what is required to stay close to the heart of Jesus our theological degrees, our, our experiences, none of that stuff is enough to keep us close to the heart of God. We need intimacy with Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to imbue us again and again and again and again to fill us, that we will not be empty containers. We rattle with a lot of noise today, but we have no substance. But he, he asked Jesus, he said, you know, you know, uh, I see that you're casting out demons. I see that you're raising the dead, but are you really the Messiah or or should we look for another? And then not long after this, Jesus says, blessed is he that is not offended on account of me. Has Jesus offended us today? Has Jesus offended us? Or maybe has has something, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes Jesus will offend you with his word and you'll blame it on the preacher. Someone holds you accountable. Or calls you out in love, not not being ugly, not being a jerk. And then somehow you want to blame it on the preacher or on the pastor or your brother in the Lord, your sister in the Lord. And meanwhile, it's Jesus's word that offends you. And then you say, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. You don't realize that he's judging you right now. Not unto condemnation. See, when he judges the church, the Bible says... That when we are judged of the Lord, it is so that we may not be condemned with the world. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. So in other words, the Lord is examining you right now. Paul says if we judge ourselves, then we would not be judged of the Lord. But since we are judged of the Lord, it is so that we may not be condemned with the filthy, whorish world. It's in love that He rebukes. It's in love that He corrects. It is in love that He pleads. It is in love that He cuts people out of your life. It is in love that He does not answer every single plead and prayer of yours because it would lead you to perdition and destruction. And so He's sparing you from you. Sparing you from yourself, from your foolishness. And then we want to slap a little bit of of scripture to our prayers and think, God, I'm going to somehow force you into this box. No, 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 no. God transcends all, all, all of our understanding of what we think he should do, when he should do it, and how he should do it. Blessed is he that is not offended on the account of Jesus. But you know what? It's better to be offended by the Lord than to be offended by the devil. Oh boy, because trust me, if he has his if if he has his way in your life, you'll do a whole lot more than offending. He will insult you, he will shame you, he will humiliate you, he'll drag you and all your darkness into the light and humiliate you and treat you worse than a pimp treats a, 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 a woman that he's selling. And I'm graphic with this language to help shock you, to realize the things that the Lord has told you to cut out or stop doing is the very thing that the devil will use to exploit you. And the Lord is pleading in love and saying, don't. Don't go that way. Don't do that. I'm preaching to God's people, right? I'm not evangelizing. It's awfully quiet. I should be getting more amens. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I know it's heavy, but I I, I don't I don't preach anything that I myself have not sensed and felt myself. You know, I wanted this amazing career. And I was passing my test to be an officer, you know, as top of the class and all that stuff performed well. And I rationalized and say, so you know what? God can use me to bring justice in this world. I mean, the Bible says God is a God of justice. You know what the Lord said? No. But Lord, but you, you see all the crime out. Lord, I, use me. I, I want to bring justice. No. Don't even explain why. Don't explain what happened if I if I did if I continued just said no, I didn't want to listen, but I submitted. What is it the Lord's telling us and challenging us today on? But going back to to the Jews. Yeah, he said no. And he used someone to get that message to me. So be careful when you just want to view someone as, oh, that's just so-and-so. That's, that's just brother Greg. or Or that's just sister so-and-so. Of course she would say something like that. Oh, be careful. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Familiarity breeds contempt. What that means is when you become familiar with people, you actually end up showing contempt for them. What once was an appreciation actually turns out to be something you're like, man, you know, I don't, I don't really like this anymore. And that's exactly how they showed to the Jesus. And you know what happens? In the, his own hometown, he couldn't perform many miracles. Why? Because they did not receive him for who he truly was. And so sometimes you will not allow God to move in your life because you've already predetermined by your religious mindset what he can or cannot do. I'm sure that they expected the Messiah as a king to be born in a royal uh, uh, setting, but he was born in a manger. A least expected place. You know one of the things that people have to break when they when they're, when they' um, when they're growing in the prophetic is that God will give you words in some of the most bizarre places, some of the places that you would expect to be the least holy places. And sometimes people's religious mindset thinks, oh, only God can speak in a church. No, that's not true. The Lord has given me prophetic words for people in parking lots, in random buildings, in, in the drive through of, of Dutch bros, and, you know, in just crazy places. And because we're so religious, we think it has to look holy or has to, you know, has to have a suit and a tie or it has to, you know, look this way, sound this way. And then as a result, we don't hear the Lord. We don't hear Jesus. Or we do, but we rationalize and say it was something else. <clears throat> but the Jewish people are experiencing some problems. And so the author, he's, he's warning them, he's urging them to continue in the faith. To not go back. To not go back. And... He urges them once and again. He, he says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. See, that's what happens is backsliding doesn't happen overnight. You drift away. You, 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 you imagine a boat that's at sea. It drifts. And there's just a steady and constant motion. And sometimes it's even unnoticeable. But every time you say, you know what, I'm not going to pray as I ought, or I'm not going to pray today, I'm not going to read today, I'm not going to listen to the Word today, I'm not going to listen to preach today, backslide. Back, you're already backsliding. You may not see the consequences of it, but you're backsliding. That's why when... The, the prodigal son, when he was, all, he was in a distant land, he was smelling like pig, and he had spent all his money, squandered it on prostitutes and riotous living, the scripture says. But the moment he came to himself and says, I don't belong here. I need to go back to my father's house. That's when the moment of repentance begins. And so for the same reason that you can, repentance begins with a thought is in the same way that backsliding begins with a thought. Let us pay more careful attention to the things that we've heard lest we drift away. Because it says right here, for, for since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It was declared first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. And so in other words, the law of Moses was proclaimed in former times, and if people neglected that, there were consequences. But how shall we escape if we neglect this glorious salvation, and we not not only reject the law of God, but we reject the blood of Jesus Christ? The act of the love of Jesus itself should incite our hearts unto a loving obedience unto God. That's why, that's why Jesus says some pretty hard words. I want to ask us are we, are we neglecting this salvation? Are we drifting away? Has it become too hard? Or have you become, has the devil lied to you with pleasures? Saying you can coast on. You can live how everybody else wants to live. My brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit grieves. He grieves. Yes, Lord. Yes. Even now I sense the Holy Spirit. He's confirming my words. Because it's His word. And he's saying you can't live how everybody else lives. Can't you hear the the heart of the Father pleading for you? The Holy Spirit is pleading for you. You grieve him. You wound his heart. Not because he needs you, but you need him. Can't you hear the voice of the Father crying out to you? Come up here, come up now, my beloved, my beloved, come up here. Come up now, my beloved hallelujah, Lord, I pray, move on the hearts of your people, O Lord, draw them nigh unto thee, Lord, draw them near to you, O Lord, <clears throat> Father, I just intercede, Lord, for my brothers and sisters right now, God. God, I pray that they would not grieve, Lord, your spirit. God, I pray, get them out of their the muck and the mire. Get them, Lord, out of the pit. God, I ask, revive them, Lord, I pray. Revive them, Lord. May your loving kindness, Lord, begin to draw them even now, Lord. God, I ask of you. Revive, Lord. Breathe. Breathe on them. Breathe on them the breath of life. God, I ask of you. May not sin dominate their lives, Lord. God, I pray sin dominate their lives, Lord. I ask of you, Lord. Strengthen them. Break the power of sin in their life, Lord. God, I pray make them holy. Make us holy. (laughs) Make us thirst for holiness, Lord. Oh, Oh God, I pray, breathe in this place, Lord. Oh, God, I ask of you, Lord, revive, Lord, I pray. (coughs) oh the spirit of god is moving (laughs) i just want you to pray saints pray god i pray breathe lord i pray breathe lord upon the hearts of your people lord may not wickedness be birthed in their life lord Draw them, Lord, with love and kindness. Draw them, Lord, I pray, with your tender mercy, Lord. Draw them, O oh God, I ask of you, Lord. Remind them, Lord, of the sweet sense of your your tender love, Lord. Remind them, Lord, what it feels, Lord God, to be, Lord, in your presence, in your love, saturate their hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Oh, I, I just, I, I don't want us to rush, saints. I, I believe God is doing something. This may be unorthodox to you this may be uh, 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 unfamiliar to you but uh, but I, I would plead with you since the holy spirit moving in this place father god we just imp- we ask lord have your way lord amongst us impress lord upon their consciences lord we pray impress upon their hearts lord we pray Lord, may that fire burn once again like it used to, Lord. We pray. Lord, may we be like the deer that pants after the streams of water, Lord. Father, may all of us be clothed in white and anointed with oil. And Lord, be on fire, Lord. And all the things that allure our attention, Lord, I pray would break in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord of God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I don't believe in theatrics. I don't believe in emotionalism. I believe in the spirit. And sometimes when I break down like that, I, I don't, I don't allow myself to get embarrassed. <clears throat> I know what I carry, and I know <clears throat> that I speak by the spirit. Other people harp on the soul and emotions. That's not what this is. I preach and pray in public as I do in private. And so if, if, if you sense at all the Lord tugging on your heart and you're getting emotional, it's not because there's any manipulation of emotions. It's because the Spirit of God is trying to have His way in your life. I have to remind people of this. Because <clears throat> the carnal mind wants to think at a 1,000 miles of an hour, and rationalize everything God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. God's rest still stands. Jesus extends this invitation. He says, whosoever is thirsty, are you heavy laden? Are you burdened? Has sin ransacked you? Devastated your life? Brought you to nothing? Humiliated you? He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest for your soul. You shall find rest. We can lay our burdens, we can lay our sin all at the feet of Jesus. He says, learn from me for I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. But you know, the devil, he's harmful and destructive and proud and murderous at heart. (laughs) And he's fighting for your will too. but may the Holy Spirit empower us for holy living. But (coughs) Sorry, I veered off there a bit, but once again, the context is the writer of Hebrews is having to explain to them from the scriptures that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. And he proves it from the Bible. The solution to their problem was a defense from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. But what is the solution to our drifting away today? What lie has the devil tried to convince you to draw you away from Jesus? You know, it's a very common one is God won't forgive you. You notice how he's attacking the character of God. He'll say, God is, is, he he won't forgive you. What happens? If someone is told, if someone was injured and they were told, yeah, the hospital, they won't receive you. They're not going to give you medical care. You're not going to go. And guess who's like that? Yes, I have my way. And that's because he's attacking the character of God. Why do people steal? They gave up their ways of of being a thief. But they lie on paper in order to get more money. Because they do not believe that God actually will care for their needs. And there the devil is. You should worry about this. You should really, really worry about this. Go ahead, worry, stress. As if that's going to accomplish anything. Jesus is who by worrying could add any single any moment to his life. (sighs) Or what about this one? You're gonna die alone. You're not gonna get married, so go ahead and fornicate. You're lonely. Jesus understands. Oh, he understands, all right. But he understands that he has someone for you. And that he, to fornicate is only going to devastate you and make you feel filthy. Then after a while, when he kicks you to the curb, then what? Then Jesus is still there, and he says, daughter, I told you. Son, I told you. I'm still here. But learn from this. The devil's preaching his so-called gospel every day to you. Why is it important to get into the Word of God? Why is it important to hear the Word of God proclaim and preached and, and to meet with the brothers and sisters and encourage one another daily? It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ indeed, if indeed we hold to our original confidence firm to the end. So, But we can't hold to our original confidence firm to the end because every single day the devil's preaching unbelief to you. And if we think that we don't need each other in the body of Christ where I can skip out on reading for an entire week, I can skip out on praying. I don't have to get acquainted with the brothers and sisters. You know, I'll skip Bible study today because I feel pretty confident in the flesh today. Then what happens is uh, it sets in motion and you commit a deed and then that deed is committed again. And then once it's committed again, it becomes a habit. And then once it becomes a habit, it becomes a character. And by that time we we, we prevent, we, we fail to see who we really are. Isolation is the breeding ground of the demonic. The devil wants to get you by yourself, the devil wants to get you away from the Bible, the devil wants to get you away from the Lord, the devil wants to get you away from prayer because if he can, he's going to ambush you. And it's a drift. It's not overnight. If he cannot get you as he manifests as a roaring lion, he will get you as a snake. And if he cannot get you as a snake, he'll get you as an angel of light. (laughs) You know, there's that, that Christian meme, you know, I, I don't want to bring back memories uh, if you guys have watched this video before uh it's the it video I, I posted on my stories he's like in the gutter right and there's like a little caption and the um and I put Stephen Furtick is down here <laughs> and then like the person goes down in the in the gutter like i guess it's supposed to imply like in in the video i i i don't even remember that video when i was a kid but the point, though, is this is, is it sounds so enticing, right? Like, hey, come down here. Well, you know, there's a party going on. Or come down here, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever, whatever. And it looks appealing. Well, the devil, he shows us the beginning, but he doesn't show us the end. He shows us the beginning, but he does not show us the end. I remember one time, and I don't know why I'm sharing this, but years back, I was with a brother, and uh, we were going to his house, and we got off the car, and there was a man that was seated in the parking lot because he lived in an apartment. Uh, my friend lived in these apartments, and so one of the neighbors was seated in the parking lot, you know, like on those, I don't know if you guys uh, are familiar with those little, like, cement, like, uh, spaces, like, for, you know, for where cars park so it can't go beyond that point. <clears throat> well, he will seated on that, and he has paper in his hand, and he's going like this. You could tell he was devastated. You could tell something was really bad. And then my friend, he's speaking to him in Spanish. And I and I, I didn't catch what they were saying. And I said, what happened? He said, man. He said he slept with a girl last night and he caught AIDS. He caught HIV. Or he, he slept with some girl at a party or something unprotected, and he has he contracted HIV because of that lady. Notice how one single moment ruined the rest of his life. And for those of you, I hope we all understand what HIV is. It's a sexual disease that has no cure for it, and it kills you slowly. But many other ways the devil will give you HIV through sin. But coming to, to this text, I know we didn't really focus on it very much. In Hebrews chapter 12, when he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, every time you see a therefore there, you have to ask why it's therefore. And the reason why that it's therefore is because everything that he said in in chapter 11, he laid out a description of all the saints of old. He talked about David. He talked about uh, Samson. He talked about Abraham. He talked about all the patriarchs. He talked about the men of God in time past who served as examples of faith. The Bible says that they obtained uh, promises. Where does it say? Hold on. It says, verse 37 in the 11th chapter, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these through, uh, uh, all of these though commanded through faith did not receive what was promised, so they, they themselves lived pretty difficult lives. Hold on, I'm trying to okay, but it says right here, verse 33 Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of of fire escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weakness became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight women received back their dead by the resurre- by resurrection and then and then it goes in and it talks about those who were tortured and afflicted so what is what is the point that is being made whether in conquering land for god in in the in davidic times through david or through solomon or whether it was people who were who endured suffering, they all expressed faith. And faith in one instance looked like defeat, and faith in, in, un, in another instance looked like complete victory. But both were victorious expressions of people who believed the promises of God. They had their dead received back. They conquered kingdoms. They escaped by the edge of the sword. They were delivered. They passed through the sea. They lived holy lives, and these people were living lives of faith. because the world is going to preach unbelief to you, and it will tell you a different gospel. It will try to get you to believe in its pleasures or get you to believe its threatenings and say, you know what, these threatenings are stronger, and they're going to intimidate you to get you to fall away from God, because it's trying to tell you that God is not powerful enough, he's not pleasing enough, he's not sufficient enough, and he's not that great of a provider to see you through. And so what happens is we fall back, because the option isn't to rely on Ourselves, we must rely on God. But he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by all these clouds of witnesses, we have no excuse to say, that's not possible. We have no excuse to say, I can't really continue in the Lord. We have many witnesses. Whether conquering kingdoms or being sawn in two, they all maintain their faith in God. And so, since we are surrounded by all of them, let us also lay aside every weight and the, the sin that so easily entangles. They did it, they expressed their faith in God and they demonstrated to us that it's possible. And they are a witness to us. Saying, David, you can continue. Jarvis, you can continue. Igor, you can see, God will see you through. Brandon, Yadi, Christian, Andrea, Natalia, they, they're witnessing to us today and saying you can conquer, you can overcome. And then more than that, Jesus, our high priest, this is the pioneer, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. He not only founded your faith, but he will also be able to perfect it. He that began point A will also get you to point B. And see, I understand how discouraging this can be. You might leave thinking, oh boy, I I don't stand a chance. Well, welcome to the club. None of us do. That is precisely why we need a mighty God who can help us to get through. We're not enough. We're not sufficient. We're not strong enough. We're not wise enough. We're exposed. We have many areas of weakness. And we're sheep that are often led astray, but by the grace of God, the great shepherd of our souls would have us in again and not allow us to uh, fall over the edge. And he draws him, uh, himself unto you once again and again and again. And he says, come unto me. I will strengthen. I will sanctify. I will perfect. I will comfort. I will console. I will see you through. I will no wise cast out, as the scripture says. But let us lay aside every weight. You know what that means? Is Weight is not a sin. And the writer of Hebrews is very careful to classify two different things that will prevent you from running faster. One, for certain, is sin. But weight is things that are not sin, but they're liberties that you can rightfully use but it will weigh you down. I heard one analogy used that in the army, you have to select what it is exactly that you're going to bring with you. You can choose to bring extra water, or you can bring, choose to bring extra ammunition or extra grenades. You, you can avoid water altogether and just bring all a bunch of grenades and package it with you. Take as much as you can, but remember, you have a long journey ahead of you. And it's going to weigh you down because you only have so much energy and you only have so much strength. And so there are some things, brothers and sisters, and I say this, and I believe it's prophetic in, in its direction to each and every one of you. There are some things that you have in your life that are not necessarily sins, but they are weights and they're weighing you down. And you have an option to keep it. But is it the wisest thing? Is it the wisest thing? It's weighing you down. You're tired. And you wouldn't have to be so tired. But you want your liberty. So I just want this anyways. But it comes at a price. It comes at a price. And the price ain't condemnation. But the price is it's probably going to be more hell from here to heaven on your way there. Oh, come on, somebody! I, I know I'm not preaching to Muslims here. I'm preaching. I'm. Pre- am I preaching to God's people? Don't so have to say Amen. <clears throat> Am I in the right place? Am I catching the wind? Oh. All right. I was thinking maybe my mic was broken or something. I mean, because. Anyways. (laughs) But it says, and sin which clings so closely, or as the KJV says, so easily entangles. It's like those webs, you know how you pass through a door and it's like stinking web, like get it off of me. The next thing you know, it's on your elbow and it's on your ear. It's in your eyes and it's just and you can't seem to get it off. Well, that's what sin does. You say, oh, he's handsome. He's so good looking. This, 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 uh, this guy, he's not a brother. But he's so good-looking, I'm just going to entertain the thought. I know he's not serving the Lord, but, ooh, I can have a Bible study and win him to the Lord. Yeah, that sounds nice. And then once he gets converted and he gets saved, then I can talk to him. Jesus didn't tell you that. And stop using Jesus. Using evangelism for a tool of the flesh. I've seen it so many times. A sister or a brother be like, oh, yeah, he's not serving the Lord, but I'll win him. What with your looks, it's, it's not going to bring them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a better, uh, uh, is a better witness than us. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and evangelize the bar. don't rationalize so once we do that then it it entangles i do want to say that god is faithful to cut every entanglement what was it uh what's her name um some popular lady i don't even know her name but it was will smith's uh uh wife that she called an entanglement or something see the devil always wants to replace words He wants to call lust love. He wants to call affairs entanglements or or adultery entanglements. He wants to call um, neglecting your Bible reading and prayer as rest. <clears throat> he wants to he wants to call uh, being a coward and not telling somebody their sin as. Um, not being judgmental. We just need to call for what it is. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So there's a race and we must run it. And, but you know, the beautiful thing is we're not called to have to endure on ourselves. We will run dry. We will run empty. But God promises the God of all encouragement, the God of all hope, the God of all endurance, He will see us through, He will help us to run this race. And when He when you get tired, He breathes in you again and He revives. If you sinned, He forgives. If you've dirtied yourself, He will make clean. If you've devastated your life and you've ruined everything, He can make all things new. If you ruined your testimony, He can put a new song in your lips. Have you been driven to the ground by foolish decisions, he can lift you up. His hands will make whole. Though he wounds, and he wounds in love, the Bible says in Lamentations chapter three, though his hands wound, his, all, his hands also make whole. And oh, I love the delicate hands of our beautiful, amazing, gentle, and very precise surgeon that goes to surgery upon our hearts and he begins to cut out all the things that are infecting our hearts. And he does it in love. He does it in care. And his heart goes out to you. He's not a a hard taskmaster, but he's an encouraging coach, if I can use that word. As you're running in the race, he's saying, keep going. You can keep going. You you know, there's this, there's this one, I think it's a Christian movie. It's called, I think... Um, not remember the Titans, but it, it was this other this movie, and there was this guy, he um he 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 was a football player and he was bigger than the, the rest. And 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 he said, you know, crawl um a hundred yards. The the coach said, crawl a hundred yards on your hands and your feet. He says, I can do that. And he says, no, do it with one of your teammates on your back. And then the the coach is right there in the face of, of the kid near the end of the end line he says keep going keep going you can make it you can make it keep going you can do it you can do it you can do it he says i can't i can't i can't he says keep going keep going you can make it you can make it and jesus is that hot that wonderful counselor that comforter saying you can make it you can you can uh, go i can see you through And the devil is right there in our ears telling us otherwise. But Jesus is saying, keep going, keep going. I will empower. I will strengthen. Well, we're coming to a close. This is the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. There's a joy that is set before us. It won't always be like this. The Lord will perfect that concern in me sooner or later, turn in my favor. There's a lot of disappointments, but sooner or later, I hang on to the promise. I hang on to the anchor that sooner or later, the Lord's going to capture us in glory and all that I've suffered will be compensated. Everything that I've ever gone through, I won't have to cry another tear. I won't have to feel pain anymore. I can rest from my labors, and I will be raptured in the Lord's glory forevermore. That was the joy of Christ, of engrafting a people unto himself. And he prays in John 17, and his high priestly prayer says, Father, I would that they see the glory that you and I shared before the world began. There is a weight of glory that awaits you. And the more you suffer, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you that there will be more and more and more weights added to that glory that the Lord will assign to you on that day. And all that we've gone through, everything that we've suffered will look like a speck in comparison to this eternal weight of glory that will forever cause us to forget the things that we had suffered in time past. But he says he endured the cross, despising the shame. So there was shame associated with the cross, and he despised it. He hung there naked. There's a song, Jesus went to Calvary, to save a wretch like you and me, that's love. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung their dead. For me, he died. That's love. That's love. He hung their, di- he hung their dead, and for me, he died. That's love. And it was for you. That was the joy that you will participate in his glory. So let us get our eyes fixed on Jesus. He's faithful. He's precious. He is gentle. He's a comforter. He's a provider. He's a deliverer. He's a rescuer. He's a savior. He's a mighty God. He's a counselor. He's a friend. He's your husband. He's your brother. He's your high priest, and he's the prophet that gives you direction in life. He is the ego me that is Greek to say, I am that I am. All that we need, he is, and he will forever be, and he always was, and he don't change. He don't switch up. He doesn't lie. He's not a fraudulent. He's not a fake. He keeps it uh, 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 faithful. He remains faithful and steadfast promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are <clears throat> we'll read to from verse 3 to 6 and then we'll close for sure Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you do not grow weary or faint hearted. He's able to empathize with what you're going through, brothers and sisters. You say, You know, I'm mistreated. I'm stepped on. I'm rejected. People treat me as an outcast. I'm going through pain. He endured it himself. And his attitude isn't, I did it, well, you could do it too. His attitude is, I did it, I know how that feels, and it's painful. And I will come alongside of you, and I will help you through this. I'm not unable to empathize with your pain. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Or, or you can fill in with, with daughter if, if, you're, if you're a sister. My daughter, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So, and it says, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So what is he saying? The fact that you are enduring discipline, the fact that the Lord, even now, if he's speaking to you and he's correcting you and he's reproving you, is an indication that you are his and that he has received you as his child. And it is in love that he corrects you. Because he wants to bring about a, in, a discipline in your life so that even through trials and even through pain or even through heartache, through rejection, through people mistreating you or persecution of the gospel, the Lord is using these things to refine your character and get you to a place to where you look more like Jesus. So let that encourage you that this is not a punishment for your sins. Rather, the Lord has forgiven our sins. But in order to prevent us from continuing those sins, he disciplines us through the sins of others. When people sin against you, it's not that he causes it, but he uses it for his good and for your good. Let's come to a close. Let's pray out. I want to invite you guys to pray with me. Um, Remove all distractions if there are any. Father, I just pray, God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you just encourage the hearts of your people Lord, would you mend the faint-hearted? Would you heal, Lord? I ask. Holy Spirit, would you make whole? Lord, would you with your gentle hands begin to strengthen? Lord, would you help? Lord, would you aid? Would you secure? Would you strengthen? Lord, I ask of you, Father, mend the broken hearts of your people. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, come, Lord, with your sweet anointing, your sweet healing. Lord, I know sometimes there are hard corrections. But, Lord, we know, Father, that everything that you say is in love. Gentle hands. Holding on to me, gentle hands, guiding me so carefully, though they lead me down through paths, I may not always understand, I will have no fear, for I'm in gentle hands. You don't have to fear when you're in gentle hands. Hallelujah. Or with your gentle hands, Lord, lead us and guide us. And Father, I pray that you'd for, forgive the sins of your people. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse their hearts. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to them, Lord, about the things that, or they need to bring change in their lives. And Father, I pray that if they've drifted or if they've gone off, Lord, if they've gone out of the way, Lord, that you would leave the 99 to go look for that one. Or that you would go after your prodigal son or prodigal daughter. And Lord, that you would reaffirm your love to them, Lord, that your love has not been removed, but has remained. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> glory to God thank you Jesus amen